You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. We cover news and events from this past week, talking Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, PodBay, and more, as well as our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am doing well. I hope uh, the time change is treating you well. Uh, I don't uh, have that. Not at all. I've, I've no. got to take a nap every day this week. <laughs> I'm exhausted by so. the end of the work day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a way to be. I don't know because my time never changes here in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, they're saying it's not going to change here. They're trying to pass that through, and I, I'm really hopeful. Yes, well, you know, now someone that I am in the same time zone is, well, who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. Yeah, no difference for me. I'm still exhausted all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It do be that way. Yes, yes. I don't need a time zone change or anything. I'm just tired all the time. But you and I, Brendan, are back on the same time zone, uh, which is helpful in planning stuff. Yeah, it makes things a little easier for figuring out when we're actually starting. Yes. But uh, nonetheless, I hope everyone is doing well as we are recording this on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Feliz, well, St. Patrick's Day, I guess. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and a very just exciting time in the world. This week, we have so much to talk about. So many things happened this week, uh, as we, we've kind of teased this ourselves, but we'll be sharing with you much more conversational, uh, on this week's episode. And you will see why in just a little bit. We hope that you share with us in conversation on social media. Um, or just reach out to us. We will be sharing our socials at the end of the show, but we'd love to hear about your thoughts in this week in the world of Lucha Libre, because boy, did we have some events happen. But, you know, let's get to it. We are going to start this week's episode with, well, news of the week with Brendan. All right. Well, speaking of big things happening, I don't know if this made it into last week's show or not. So if we talked about this last week and you're out there listening going, hey, what are you doing? 
it was so when I came across it again in my feed, it was so big that I really wanted to add it back in. They finally announced that Wagner and Psycho Clown is going to be mm-hmm. on the card for the world on Lucha. So that uh, going into business for themselves angle that they did seems to have worked, although it's not in a place to match yet. So we may be building towards <laughs> next year's. World on Lucha, the way wow. that uh, place does matches go. Well, I mean, you know, Conan yeah. and, and uh, Vampiro and others we've talked to have all said that, you know, these place does matches used to take um, sometimes years to build. So yeah, I'm just wondering if yeah. maybe maybe that's where they're going with this. That'd be nice. I, I would love it if they turned that going in to work for themselves, if they turned that into a <laughs> oh, yeah. payday. I, mean, like, I, right? I applaud yeah. them for that. Right? Like, I think that's it. I mean, it has to be, right? Because <laughs> Oh, no doubt. You know, I mean, we know that they have And that's history. a main event on any show that it's on. I mean, that's yeah. instantly your main event. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm yeah. imagining it probably will be the main event on the World on Lucha. Um, and again, I think for GCW, though they have, you know, Lucha adjacent and Luchadors on their show, they now have a whole card of Luchadors. And so it's very, very fitting to have this match on there introduced to a much wider audience. And sometimes the way you need to do that, well, is to set the angle up. And how do you set it to an audience that isn't familiar with Lucha Libre um, or doesn't watch it very much? You got to do the angle right then and there. So what I I find super interesting about this because of the nature of – of the, the, the gathering and WrestleCon and all of the things going on in Dallas that weekend. They are doing this main, of the, this event. We don't know it's the main event. We're just pretty sure it's the main event. Uh, they're yeah, doing this, I mean, like, they're doing this match. <laughs> right? But they're doing this the same weekend that AAA is in the same town. And this yeah. would have been a AAA main event. This would have been a Triple Mania main event if they had them both at the same time. So. Again, because it's a rematch from a AAA match. They already had no place to match in AAA. Still mad about that to this day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the wrong person won that match. It it blew my mind. <laughs> I genuinely thought Wagner would never lose. I thought he'd be like Santo. And he yeah. would you know, wear it till he was dead. And yeah, blew my mind. In fairness, without his mask, he actually went up in charisma. So. He yeah, really did. Like he is a very yeah. good-looking man. Exactly. <laughs> well, and just yeah, became he could do without it. more expressive yeah. and, and interesting mm-hmm. and in the ring. Like he really works the crowd now. It's fantastic. His facials are so on point. Every mm-hmm. show, I mean, every move. Whether he, I mean, he doesn't so much, but when he does, his face, <laughs> you see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and then he's also just uh, always teasing the crowd or the, his opponents. Yeah, yeah. super yeah. excited for this match, guys. If you can't tell, uh, that might get me enough to get me to to fly to Dallas on on uh, less of a budget than I originally planned. Uh, <laughs> um, the uh, in other in other things, we've got uh, the Republic of Lucha is building up for their one year anniversary. I can't believe it's the gym is. That that store has already been open for a year. I call I it a gym because they keep hosting wrestling events, but it's a store, uh, right? I mean, it, anyway, yeah. went in fast. The, in the tease, they're saying this is going to be on fight. Um, as of right now, uh, Lucha Blog and myself could not find any details. I'm going to just throw that out there because he was the one that set me on it, and I went looking too. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, that, so I'm just excited. We're gonna have, we're gonna have stuff. You can guarantee that you're gonna have the Lucha Bros and some stuff. They're probably gonna have some other big name, uh, big names in American, the American Lucha Libre scene. I'm not gonna, well, I'll speculate a little. I mean, we'll probably see friends of theirs that show up all the time at Republic of Lucha shows, but, uh. Well, they just posted as of a few hours ago one of the matches. Oh. Yes. What do you got for me? Well, they announced Jacob Fatu versus Lince Dorado. Oh, wow. Yes. What the what? <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is on Republic of Lucha's social media, their Instagram specifically. That was just posted a few hours ago. I believe right now it's the only match that they have uh, announced yeah. uh, for that show. But, yes, you're going to have Jacob Fatu versus Lince Dorado. That was while I was asleep. Wow. So yeah, they hadn't announced anything as of like last night when I was prepping my notes at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I need this match. Right? It's like one of those matches where like, damn. Yeah, like you wouldn't necessarily down. thought of it, but somebody yes. did think of it. And now you're like, oh man, yeah. I want that. Yeah. yeah. I want that. Yeah. 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 There's no mention on this uh poster regarding, you know, if it's it's being streamed other than just the, the live event itself. Um yeah. No, they, so. they on the other on the the previews that I was looking at, they're they're teasing that it will be on fight, but there are no details for yeah, that. So that makes sense. But already that's that could be just worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, um, so I've got more Lince Dorado stuff though, cause, uh, they also announced him versus Tarus at, uh, Zicky Dice show on, on the first. Wow. Right? That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the idea. That'd Lince's a legit badass. He has the <laughs> jujitsu thing. He's done the Gracie challenge or championships or whatever it is for jujitsu in Florida and won the gold medal. Like he's for real. So to see him up against a bigger, beefier guy like Taurus, like Mm -hmm. I want to see the martial arts. I I love that for him. This is, yeah, he's made for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, and then, uh, I had riot is shifting around their card. Uh, I didn't get the date, but, uh, for this, but they had, uh, Alex Zane in the tournament that, oh, next week. I just don't have the date. I'm assuming it's going to be on Saturday. Uh, Alex has had an eye injury recently. He was, uh, you know, trying to, he's been missing a few days, but was hoping that would, he'd be cleared for this and has not been. Oh, woe is us. He has been replaced by Jack Evans in the tournament. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. I see you. I see you. <laughs> I love you, Alex, but I Except feel like this. we traded up. Alex and I hang out all the time when he comes to Seattle, so I'm sure he will uh, not buy me Taco Bell next time. It's fine. <laughs> but uh but i i yeah i do get well as well alex if you're listening i i know you're probably too busy to listen to our show but hey um jack evans in the tournament a, a nice riot lucha tournament so uh we big that's uh the first time in a while i've seen jack evans doing anything so it'll be interesting to to finally see him back out and about again after uh Fighting the the rebellious fight down in Mexico there. 
Yeah. Uh. <laughs> he hasn't done much in AEW as of late. At one point, he and Angelico kind of inferred they were going to release some information on their their status and their future, and then they didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if they kept quiet in hopes of getting a renewal like Brian Cage or if they're kind of left adrift like Joey Janela and Marco Stunt where they don't know and nobody's got in touch, so they just oh. assume they're being dropped. Well, Joey knows. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, he knows now. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. that was the thing. Uh, that was the thing about that. I was going to bring that up is that they are both in that same class of first year signees where uh, many of them have slowly dropped off TV. But like to the point, for those of you who aren't following the story, Joey knows Joey Janela knows he's leaving because he doesn't want like the way he's being treated. So he whether they offer him or not, he's out the door. And according to the rumors, he's not wasn't going to be offered anyway. So maybe he's you know for the best on that. But however, yeah. I I don't I do think that uh, there's a lot they could do with uh, TH2 now that the tag team division is is kind of exploding, and you have ROH to fill as well. So they, that's my thoughts. And Jack yeah. Evans was kind of he he had like a weird. White guy, breakdancer who wears a do-rag gimmick, mm-hmm. but he was amazing in early Ring of Honor. Like, he was an early Ring of Honor guy, mm-hmm. and to have him as, like, a trainer, a coach, a producer for a lot of these young guys coming through, he can, I mean, he knows exactly how much you can get away with in the ring and how much you can't. Like, he is perfect yeah. for that role in Ring of Honor, so I <laughs> hope we see him utilized in that way. He legitimately learned the hard way. and, and Exactly. Jesse, that was not a gimmick. He He lived that. Like, like <laughs> he, he's from he's from around he's from the neighborhood in Tacoma where they all dress like that. He would <laughs> uh, you can talk to to farmer or other promoters from the area. He would show up to shows dressed like that, and that was just his thing. Um, and I, I still love this story that I got at Expo Lucha. We're going to be talking way more about Expo Lucha coming up, so I'm just throwing this out there now. I just I mentioned where I was from because we, we grew up not too far from each other. And the first thing out of his mouth was like that he he did this sick dive off of the top of the the dome in the city in in my high school. Like he's like I did, and nobody has it on camera. So, but that's what he's thinking about is all the the crazy stunts that he does every time you mention a place. He's like, yeah, I jumped off something there. Like so, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Uh, just so you know, that's, that's, uh, Jack Evans is usually pretty readily available at the video game corner at, at Expo Lucha, so, you know, you can probably find him up there beating somebody at Mortal Kombat. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's my news of the week. Uh, I'm gonna do, just do one quick thing. We did have a Defy le- this last week. They didn't, I talked to, to, um, the promoters and they are actually, also teasing that they're going to have things, but they mentioned specifically that the, they're working with Mass Republic on the uh, on the the visas deal. So we might be seeing a lot more big name lucha talent at Defy in the near future. However, we did have a PCW women's title featuring Viva Van, who we talk about frequently on this show, and has been up and down the West Coast defending that title. She went in there. Against Annika De La Rouge, who is now being listed as being from Florida, which I think is to try and make her sound like a big WWE person. But, uh, I, I, it was a good, great match. 
uh, back and forth. A lot of, uh, a lot of interesting spots. They brawled on the stage at one point, which was probably my favorite part because, uh, everybody is super terrified underneath them every time they brawl, somebody brawls on the stage at Washington Hall. And, uh, and, uh, it came out with, uh, Donica Della Rouge getting a little bit of an underhanded win, but she did win. I'm sure she will, uh, she will not be happy that I, I'm implying there was any unfairness at all. So. Look, look out on social media. If she hears this, she's going to let me know about it. <laughs> uh, so I'm very interested in seeing the rematch. Maybe we'll see that at the upcoming PCW event that will be happening, or maybe we'll see it at another Defy, or uh, the the belt has been defended, as like I said, up and down the West Coast. So keep your ears open that, that we will probably see that rematch in a couple of times. But that's my... This week in news in the indie roundup, we will uh, move on to a few more. We got a lot of fun stuff in, in the rest of this, so it's just your taste. Thank you, Brendan. Uh, we also will be sharing our socials at the end of the episode, so that way you can reach out to us if you have any news to share for the indie roundup. If you are an independent wrestling promotion, uh, wrestler fan, and you have news to share with us that may be featured on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. Up next, though, we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, that, who lets us know what's happening with this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday night's live is WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. 
On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Sancho Weekly podcast. One in English y el otro en español. Lucha Sancho Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. And we are back to cover the first of many big news stories this week. So let's start it off with Dusty, who gives us this week in AAA. Yeah, AAA, as we mentioned last week, they had the Show Center Tournament last Saturday, March the 12th, debut show of the tournament. Let me run down the winners and the losers for you. First up, we had Reina Dorada defeating Marvia in a Show Center Tournament match. Second, we had, excuse me, we had a match that was originally announced as a trios match featuring Baby Extreme, Dolce Canella, and Commander versus Dina Miko, uh, Emperor, Emperador Azteca, Mamba, and, but what we got was a tag match that saw Dinamico and Emperador Azteca defeating Baby Extreme and Dolce Canella. So, not Ooh. quite what we expected. Yeah, great still match. A, still a great match. Oh I mean, my gosh, so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, next, uh, this, this is the first yeah. chance for a lot of people to see that, so I'm, uh, if, if I'm going to just throw it out there. If you guys watch these people for the first time, tell us who you like, because uh, we've been I've been watching them in chaos for the last two years, and I am excited to see them break out. Yeah. Sorry, Dusty. Keep going. No, no. It, it was, <laughs> and it was a fantastic match. We'll get to a description, but the whole card was great. Next up, we had Taurus defeating Io del L.A. Park in the Show Center Tournament match. Followed by Chick Tormenta defeating Estrellita in a show center tournament match. It was Estrellita's first official match in AAA in 12 years, and she lost. So, I mean, different <laughs> than how you'd see things done in the States, for sure. But interesting, nonetheless. Next up, we had a trios match. Nuevo Generacion Dinamita, Cuatrero, Forestero, and Sanson defeated Los Enites del Are, the team of Laredo Kid, Mysticis Jr., and Octagon Jr. Next up, we had a trios match. Mr. Iguana, Nino Hamburguesa, and replacing Pimpinella Escarlata, we had Mamba added to the trio, who was supposed to be in the earlier match that became a tag team match, and they defeated Abismo Negro Jr., Latigo, and Toxin. And then finally, we had the main event, where Io Del Vikingo defeated Flamita. And as I mentioned, this was an incredible show. It should not be missed, genuinely. It didn't seem like a big deal ahead of time, but it turned out to be one of the better Lucha cards I've seen in a while. The main event was phenomenal. 
so good. Vikingo is literally the best wrestler in the world right now. Period. Hands down. The yeah. best. Oh, man. There's a lot of Kenny Omega marks looking for you right now. Well, even <laughs> Kenny would probably would Ken- say, where's Kenny? Where's <laughs> Kenny? And Kenny would probably also back this up one up, too. I think he would. Vikingo's out there working with a knee ligament injury. You literally can't tell. He's so smooth. He's so effortless. He's just flawless in the ring. He, he he's the future not just of lucha but wrestling he's too good to be confined to mexico it's only a matter of time before we see him on the international stage i i really think he's the next big guy to break out i i don't want to say the next Rey mysterio because vikingo is doing his own thing but he is easily the next big luchador to break out he does things that people haven't seen he does it in a way that looks better than anybody you have ever seen do it He's just the guy. Like when you see this match, you'll you'll know what I mean. He is the guy. <laughs> he is not booked for AAA's show um, at WrestleCon weekend, WrestleMania weekend. Disappointing. Uh, you know, I think that could have been a big benefit to him, but I don't necessarily know the visa issues and everything involved. So I would have to say that's the most likely reason because I don't see any reason why. AAA or any of the other people doing Lucha shows that weekend wouldn't want him on that card, right? Uh, he, yeah, he's instant main event. We talked about <laughs> that earlier, you know, like, but that's yeah. the thing with, you know, you get Cycle Clown versus Dr. Wagner. That's a main event caliber. But already, Io Del Vikingo, especially on a Lucha-oriented show of any kind, he's main mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge testament to who he is. If he had made it to WrestleCon weekend this year, I I don't know that he would have stayed with AAA terribly long. I think he's eventually (laughs) AEW bound. I really do. I think they're going to make the strongest offer to him. I think he has the best chances there. You have Penta, Phoenix, uh, Thunder Rosa. You have a lot of people that speak Spanish who are not just fluent in Spanish, but that's their main language, the, the foundational understanding of English. It would help him assimilate into the com- Andrade as well. I mean, they they could all kind of... Well, I mean, and it, it just offers more than WWE does, in my opinion. And guys like Andrade and Penta can really help him transition from Lucha to the American styles as well. Exactly, so, and make him look great doing it. Yeah. Uh, so you know. I, I think that, yeah, for an American company, I think we see Vikingo in AEW. Well, yeah, also, I mean, the other intangible we've got is uh, all of the EVPs like him, too. Like, Kenny wanted exactly. to wrestle him, and the Bucks... Both were are very high on him, so like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of of pull to get him to AEW, whereas there's really only the brand recognition of the WWE to pull him that way, and they've got less of a reputation for being good to luchadors this day, these days, so they may not that may not be enough for them to pull a talent like Vikingo. Well, and it's it's easy to remember, especially for people that loved Mystico, and he's the right age. Mystico was like the biggest deal, not just in Mexico, but the world. Like he was literally the biggest draw in the world at one time. And WWE turned him into Sankara, and then the whole thing just went to shit instantly. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of luchadors have to be cognizant of that when they're thinking about WWE, because a lot of these guys grew up on Mystico. So they know yeah. what happened. They follow, but I mean, look, so we have to be fair on this. 
there was a lot of things that Mystico and the WWE could not control. Frequent injuries. Uh, I mean, right. they did, they did a lot to, to work with that. Uh, but like they definitely were high on him and were trying to give him a good angle at the beginning. And then it, it kind of deteriorated as they, they both got frustrated with the frequent injuries and his inability to work the American style as fluidly as they wanted. Um, you know. Right. Uh, that it that led to a lot of the 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 whole Azul and Negro angle because the other Mystico spoke much better English and had worked the American style in NXT for a long time. Yeah, formerly Hunico. <laughs> yes. And also, don't want to forget AAA thing. We got to mention this. March the 31st show, Dallas WrestleCon, we hinted to this, featuring Laredo Kid versus Slamita versus Bandito in a three-way cruiserweight championship match, Laredo Kid's 12th defense, and a main event between Psycho Clown and Taurus. And that can be pre-purchased on Fight. It's $15, saves you about $4 over all the other AAA shows they've had this year. And it may be a sign of a slightly lower pricing going forward. Nobody's really sure why the price is lower right now. And if it draws a heightened audience, I would assume that they would see the $15 price point as being... Less of a barrier to people buying in than the nineteen dollar yeah. price point for inch. I'd fifteen dollars just sounds better to me for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Like fifteen dollars, that sounds. I mean, that's nothing. But nineteen dollars, I'm like, hmm, nineteen dollars. That's a that's a full pay per view essentially on on yeah. fight by their dem and and uh, so I, I have to give credit on this. Cubs kind of broke the the math down on it. He predicted how much it would cost at the twenty dollar range, and it looked crazy based on the schedule they would have like i don't necessarily see myself spending that much money i I, well okay i see myself spending that i don't see myself spending that much money two years ago before i was really into getting every single lucha pay-per-view ever because um, you know yeah if it wasn't for the show i may not have dropped dollars for some of the pay-per-views like but, uh, I mean, yeah. and, and then on the business side of things, fight might have, they might have had a decrease in buys for this last tournament because it wasn't as big a profile, um, thing as, as Triple Mania. And maybe they're like, okay, let's drop the price point and see if we can get the numbers, the viewers back up and get more eyes on it. Cause you will make more dollars by dropping the price by $4 and getting a hundred to, to 500 more people watching it. So it's true. Uh, we have, you know, a lot to talk about next week. We'll have more the week after. A lot coming up. We've got Sammy and Tay, or Ty Conti rather, uh, and the going down Mexico mixed tags. Looks like it's leading to a triple mania match. A lot of good stuff going on. Also, I want to mention for all this news and more, check in next week. Of course, same Lucha time, same Lucha channel as always, but you can also check out luchacentral.com. For this week, Eric Muter, he has a fantastic review of Show Center. He did a really nice, detailed review, and that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you for that, Dusty. Now, lead us into this week in AEW where we had a finally moment. Finally! Finally, Finally. yeah. Yeah, Probably. 
Yeah. Probably a week too late, but just yeah. just a teaser. You know, I know. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I have a lot to say about yes, that. Yes, yes. Go ahead, please, please. Yeah. Yes, but I, now you've heard the big news, I'm sure. Thunder Rosa defeated Britt Baker in, in front of what was truly the most incredible live wrestling crowd we've seen since before the pandemic. She had an incredible entrance. They had an all-women's mariachi group performing. When she came out, the crowd went insane for Thunder Rosa. Hometown hero, San Antonio. Britt Baker wore her Scott Hall tribute gear the with the blood harkened back to his Outsiders gear, tribute to his recent passing. Great match. The crowd was beyond hot. They pulled out all the stops. We had tacks. We had chairs. We had wanton violence throughout. However, (laughs) despite this amazing match, despite all the violence that once seemed innovative, despite all the things that Thunder Rosa did, like she genuinely deserves her spot as AEW World Champion. It feels a little flat after she didn't win at the pay-per-view. That loss left all of us deflated, and it took something from this win. It really did. Like, yeah. It, it comes at the end of the story. We All this time, we knew Rosa was going to win. We knew Rosa was going to be- beat Britt Baker. And when she didn't, it kind of sapped most of my enthusiasm. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. W- what did you feel? Well, so I felt like the problem here was that they wanted to pop that San Antonio crowd instead of their national crowd on the pay-per-view, which is exactly. a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could have still had Rosa come out as a returning champion, could have had her start off the show to heat up the crowd, uh, and then had her do a match. They could have had an, uh, an impromptu, uh, rematch or non-title match or anything to get that, that crowd, that San Antonio crowd heated like that, but they didn't need to, to drop the rest of us, cause you're right, the rest of us around the country were like, this is the pay per view. This is when it should happen. Like that's we we spent we, money to see. Yeah, it. I mean that's a, a significant factor in in pay per views. If you feel like you spent money to see something you really wanted to happen happen, and it doesn't happen, you feel not just let down, but almost taken in a way that yeah. And it, the dynamite crowd, the the gate payoff couldn't have been as high. It just – the decision-making is baffling to me. The match, I thought, felt a little rushed at the end. The Brit striking Rosa with the chair shot, some of the tack shots, I felt like the they were really rushed. But Rosa was able to get Brit the Thunder Driver. She drove her into the tacks to secure the championship. And, yeah, I mean – it should have been the biggest moment of Brit, or of, or of, not Brit Baker, but of Thunder Rosa's career. Like this should have been the biggest deal. This is her biggest moment. This is the biggest moment in her career. She's AEW World Women's Champion, but it just feels hollow compared to how it should feel. And I, I don't, I don't understand the pop on the San Antonio crowd unless it was just to defy our expectations and make us think, well, anything could happen. Maybe she doesn't win. But at that point, I was over Britt Baker as champion, too. It wasn't even like, boo, you're a bad guy. It was like, ugh, change the channel. Yeah. Well, and I think if you even go back to their match um, at Revolution, like that match in and of itself wasn't 
the greatest. You know, I kind of put no. this match over, and I kind of get the fact that you needed that match, but not really needed that match. But I, I'm playing devil's advocate. You needed the interference from uh, Jamie Hayter and Reba to then create the stipulation for the cage match to, you know, to build it. I agree. I think a lot of people do feel that it should have happened um, at, at Revolution, you know, especially they introduced a new belt. What for for, uh, you know, Britt Baker to hold it for a week, you know, like yeah, why not right? introduce the belt either right now for that match, too. So there was a lot of inconsistencies with booking. And granted, I think the crowd and the essence of having the event happen in San Antonio was important. Um, but I also do agree that they could have easily still had the same reaction with, you know, um, Thunder Rosa winning the belt, um, some, you know, uh, somewhere else at, a, at another night. Um, but, you know, I, I still Sorry. feel like it was a great moment though. It still was. It still yeah. really was. And those that have been waiting for it are really, Excited. I do want to go with you just because you just made me think of it. Uh, they could have, what I was talking about there, they could have, you given her the new belt in San Antonio. That would have been the moment. And then you could have that spin into a, that insta on the spot rematch angle. The crowd would have been all over it. But, uh, uh, you, you're absolutely right. I, we need to, I need to be very clear. I still, Marked hard for the fact that Thunder Rosa got the title at last. I still am very proud of that accomplishment. The, the internet was filled with a lot of talk about how great those two are, and they were super excited to see Rosa finally get the win. Like they did pay off the long term investment. So. Yeah, you, and she deserved it. I mean, yeah. I, I think that she's one of. In the top. Th- Two or three, if not the best women's wrestler in the world. It just depends on your taste in wrestling, honestly. But as far as what she does, there's nobody better. She has excelled in what she does. She has excelled in self-promotion. The way she interacts with fans on social media, she has got that figured out perfectly. She really has the whole package. And it felt like her time as champion but it also felt like to me that the match that they were trying to kind of capture the magic they had last year at St. Patrick's Day Slam, and it just wasn't there for me this year. There's been a few more of the more bloody violent matches like that in AEW. I feel that kind of lessened the impact of the main event, the you know the violence of it. Not that it wasn't impressive, not that it wasn't you know stunning, but it, we've seen it before. It was nothing that they haven't done before. And somehow the whole thing, I, it just adds up. Like you say, they, I, I hope they have a very strong plan for Thunder Rosa to follow this up. Like that's what they really need for her at this point. It kind of, it, well, and the other thing I mentioned this before the entire time, that Britt Baker was champion. It felt like we were just waiting for Thunder Rosa to dethrone her. But the interesting thing with Thunder Rosa is there's really nobody to set that up. Her future is wide open. She doesn't have any challenges. So there's a lot with future booking there, I think, that could be very exciting. A lot of 
good stuff going on. I'm really looking forward to it. Like Brendan said, she deserved this. This was her moment. We'd waited so long, waited a full year to see her be champion. And to see that payoff really was emotionally rewarding. And arguably a bigger audience on Dynamite than on pay-per-view, but the impact of the match feels lessened. And as you mentioned, the belt, the prestige of all that, the the whole thing made it feel like it was custom-made for Rosa, and then it didn't happen. I do have to clarify, I was just echoing what Miranda had already said, yeah. so Miranda should get credit for saying it was her moment, because she's the one that brought yeah, it up. Well, first. yeah, and, I, and again, I understand always, I understand some of the decisions that they made leading to making the decision to have her win in San Antonio, but also, I also understand the camp that says, she should have just won at Revolution. Or why did you do something mm-hmm. like introduce the new belt at Revolution if Brett Baker was only going to have it for a week? And yeah. also at this point, this is what, the third iteration of this belt in just two years for the company? Yeah. Um, so it's, that's also kind of a very interesting aspect of, of it too. But, you know, I do feel like, it, and also at that point though, you know, by not winning at Revolution, we pretty much knew she was going to win at uh, on Dynamite. And I guess same thing at Revolution. We all thought it was going to be her moment. But I think either way, you know, we can talk about that, that you know, for, for hours on end. But I think, as you guys have both echoed, the thing is she's here. And the next thing is, what is next for her? I think that's going to be the big thing. They really captured lightning in a bottle with Britt and Thunder Rosa. Um, I think it's going to be a challenge to kind of do that again. Um, I feel like this was the feud that has defined the women's division in AEW and which they really needed to do. So, um, you know, now that they've done that, you know, what is next for them? Because they have a very talented women's roster, but also from what we can tell, they've really struggled in booking storylines for them. Um, and, and Britt did such a great job as a heel, uh, face or well heel face you know but a heel champion now how do you really book a a face champion at least for now yeah yeah you know who knows thunder rosa will turn i i go back to something i still want to see which i think could be next is a ruby soho thunder rosa feud um but you both have faces there you know so one is gonna have to turn i kind of think it would be thunder rosa AEW's not shy about about having face versus face matchups in particular. I'll, I'll point you to the main event of of uh, Rampage the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, yeah, they they uh, I, I I wish they would do more with the heel face dynamic, but they seem to be more of the camp that that is. Uh, I, I don't want to say dead, but not uh, not fresh. Yeah. So they they tend to go with with uh, face face in particular. Yeah, a lot uh, of times it's ranking related yeah. too. Like the wins and losses really do matter in AEW. When mm-hmm. your ranking can put you up against anybody, it gives it that legitimate sports feel in a way yeah. where anybody could wrestle anybody. If they say that, however, uh, I also will point out we had a, a world title match with a guy with two faces for no reason whatsoever. Like it was not about rankings. 
That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A lot of interesting stuff in AEW right now. (laughs) Well, yeah, and and I don't want to – so we often come off because the interesting things are the things that we think that might have been different or better because we don't necessarily talk as much about it. But we come, but they, they are doing a great job of keeping us engaged by not doing traditional wrestling. So. Absolutely. It, it's still it, the, it, my favorite wrestling program. My favorite show every week, you know, is yeah. AEW Dynamite. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I, I, I criticize them out of love. Yeah. No, I think it's important <laughs> and also kind of equity too. You know, we'll, we'll have some interesting things to say throughout the, the rest of the show. But again, you know, it's important. At least these are our opinions, our perspective, you know, so, you know, you could take them as you will. But I do think it's important. Again, the the one one of their their biggest challenges has been, um, you know, the, the women's division and Thunder Rosa. They really, again, had lightning in a bottle with her. She truly was the beginning of this forbidden door. She has gone everywhere and. AEW has taken the time to invest in her as one of their major stars. Um, but it's all the steps that you take in order to get there that help showcase that this is a, a, a big star and what you want from them, you know. And again, too, if AEW is more easily swayed by crowd reactions than logic in some ways, is that a bigger issue? you know, to other stories or how they'll continue to book when maybe something that looks like a logical step or just a good step to take gets clouded by, oh, but this reaction's going to look, or this is going to look so cool on TV, you know, trying to understand the rhyme and the reason of it all. Yeah, it's... AEW, you hit the nail on the head there. There's so much where you just don't understand why the... The whole thing. We'll try to make sense of it more next week, as we do every week. But it's worse sometimes when we do understand the why. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like, I, you know, I, I, I understand some of the choices they've made, but man, I really wish they hadn't made those choices. And I'm not going to go drag us into that conversation right now. But right, but yeah. No, you can I, listen I to past it. episodes and, and figure it out. <laughs> there it is. Just go back and listen to past episodes. I want to hear your opinions on what what you think I was referencing. Let me know. <laughs> well, thank you, Dusty, for taking us on this week's AAA News and, of course, AEW. Up next, we're going to be talking about this week in Major League Wrestling. Up first on this week's episode of MLW Fusion, we did have two matches. The first one on the card, and I'm sure we'll get to a little bit later on. And if we don't, well, I'm sure we'll still have to get it to it later on. Uh, Miranda Gordy versus Rock C. Um, in a, one of her final independent wrestling appearances, uh, this was for Major League Wrestling. Miranda Gordy got the win on this match. And then your main event, TJP versus Buddy Matthews. Uh, and they quoted him of being AEW Buddy Matthews. This took a good chunk of the show. Um, and in this match, TJP won. So check out this week's MLW Fusion if you would like. Of course, there was some tie-in. 
in with the Azteca Underground storyline. Uh, Cesar Duran still has it in for Alex Hammerstone. Uh, he's still in his feud with Richard Holiday, uh, appearance and promos by others. So a, a really great episode overall again it's every week on youtube for free one hour it's so digestible so easy to watch so entertaining um highly recommended i want to jump though into some of the match announcements for azteca underground's dallas show this to me was the big news of the week so i apologize if i just glanced over fusion but you know we i definitely want to discuss some of these matches First off, it was announced for the first time ever. We have Matt Cross versus Octagon Jr. That's going to be really good. Yeah. We no have, way it can't be. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's going to be. Whew, that's going to that's so gonna be a, a technical masterpiece there. We also will have a trios tag match. The team of Aerostar, Microman, and El Dragon versus the team of Adis. Uh, Mini Abismo Jr. and a luchador sorpresa, mystery uh, luchador there. And we know there's literally going to be 90% of the lucha community in Dallas that weekend. So it literally could be anybody. With the only an outside chance of it being Vikingo. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the hugest get in WrestleCon. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, we also did get a women's match announced. Cheek Tormenta will be making her MLW debut versus yes. Hala Dead. Oh, and that's such a good matchup for her, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. And we just got notification just within the past 24 hours that we are going to have for the first time ever a Mexican strap match. Gino Medina will be facing Atomies. So, uh, this is. I'm in association with the attack that Gino Medina uh, put on Adamese just a few weeks ago, being praised by Cesar Duran, giving a, a, a bonus for making Adamese bleed. And so this is, I believe, Cesar Duran's, you know, sense of justice for the two to give them a fair opportunity to take their issues to the ring. Um, I mean, I I'm going to be so interested in seeing what this match looks like because you have, you know, we, the go ahead. We do have the description of it, too, in the press release they gave. Yes. Uh, so it, we will. We do have some clues what it looks like. Yes. I was I thought you were maybe going to describe that. Well, uh, well I, mean, I have to go ahead with it. Yeah, it's it's uh basically it's a lumberjack match, so they're going to have the ring surrounded by other luchadors, uh, and they're all going to be armed with a leather strap. So when somebody rolls out of the ring, uh, they're just going to get the tar whipped out of them until they get back in the ring, or they uh, run completely out of the arena, whichever comes first. Um, I I feel like this is meant is is meant to keep Gina Medina from doing. Rudo tactics, but uh, it's really going to hinder uh, a high flyer like Aramis as well, because mm-hmm. he could wind up on the outside. Uh, yeah. And, and just, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I am super excited to see see that match now. I, I think Gino Medina is another rising star. We talked with him already, uh, and and we were talking about how, but he's just since then he's just really gotten the rocket strapped to his back. So. 
Yeah, uh, and I could see, and you're absolutely right about Adamis being more of the high flyer who mm-hmm. tends to get outside of the ring, be at a disadvantage. And that's kind of the, almost the evil genius of Cesar Duran's mindset. You know, it sounds like this is in- intentional, um, that, that someone like Adamis would be at a disadvantage. Um, while also making it feel very fair, you know, this is, this is there, there's no advantage here for either men. Uh, oh, except, you know, anytime you get out of the ring, you get beat with a strap, you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> you might, by the I way, mean, it, is, it is, there are big, there are people out there that might, might, uh, not do it for some people like yeah. that, you know, I don't know. Neither one of those guys has a lot of friends in. Lucha or Azteca yeah. Underground. So yeah. I just but this Azteca Underground card is just being built up to be Ooh. so fantastic. Like this is yep. probably gonna be their big I mean their biggest show so far and definitely one that man, like I think this could be a, a turning point for MLW and Azteca Underground. Like this is mm-hmm. going to be I mean, you have such a wide range of matches and talent that's going to be there. And again too, you know, even surprises, you are going to have the wrestling mecca of the world be in this, you know, Dallas yeah. area for that weekend. And we already know there's gonna be such a big lucha presence there. Like you don't. You really don't know what to expect. Well, that's that's the only thing you can expect is yeah. that you just don't, don't just sit on the edge of your seat waiting for the next surprise because yeah. it's gonna happen. Yeah. So make sure you stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly podcast. Of course, we are gonna keep you updated with each week in MLW Fusion, and of course, as we get more information on Azteca Underground, you're gonna hear it straight from us. Next, we have This Week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty. That's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, amazing videos, and even more. And it's all about Lucha Libre at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we celebrate the life and the legacy of Pero Aguayo Jr., who passed away seven years ago on March 21st. When mentioning Perito, you have to mention Pero's Del Mall, which was both a faction, but first it was its own promotion. After leaving CMLL in 2007, Perito started Pero's Del Mall Productions, which was still at that time affiliated with CMLL, and would book a mix of CMLL stars and luchadors from the Indies that operated as a kind of super indie that was friendly with CMLL due to the kind of brand allegiance you have to have in Mexico to book talent from the company. But in 2008, he and CMLL, they had a falling out. So he left for good. He took Mr. Aguila and Damien Seis with him. And in 2010, he became affiliated with AAA, remained there for the rest of his life. The wrestlers within Peros Del Mall were some really high-end talent, Daga, Mephisto, even L.A. Park. But the two greatest successes of Peros Del Mall with the most international impact were easily Pentagon Jr. and Taya Valkyrie. Pero Del Aguayo Jr., he was really the first guy to see both of them and to see that they were going to be future megastars. He was there to kind of help 
helped them guide them through their early careers. He eventually became engaged to Taya, and they became a power couple in Lucha Libre. It was, uh, if you were like a Lucha fan at that time, it was incredible. It was the hottest thing. Peros Del Mall, both the promotion and the faction, ended in 2015 following Perito's death at the young age of only 35 after suffering a cervical spine trauma during a match. His impact will be forever felt and the world championships and continued international attention that Taya and Pentagon receive. There would be no Loca without Pero Aguayo Jr. There would not be a Penta as we know him. After his death, they continued the Peros Del Mall name in his honor. 2017, when Penta, Daga, and Angel Garza left AAA, they debuted in the crash as Peros Del Mall. Eventually, they became Lover Bellion with the additions of Ray Phoenix and Mysterio, Ray Mysterio, and that was kind of the end of Peros Del Mall. Brendan, what are some of your thoughts or memories about Pero Guayo Jr. and Peros Del Mall? Well, like you said, uh, you know, Pentagon would not be, uh, he was, he was, uh, certainly talented, but he became popular when he joined that faction. Yeah, like, he was, was, he was like a cool guy, but he wasn't the guy. He was just yeah. a guy. And, yeah. And I, without Peros, I don't necessarily, I, I'm not, not even necessary. Without Peros, he would not have got Lucha Underground. That's what gave him his swag. Mm hmm. Yeah, he he was a very cool guy, but he was just kind of comfortable in the mid slot. He's very much in in like your um your Aramis spot right now where he could break out at any time, but he's just kind of there in the middle card and we all know he's talented, we're just waiting and that was kind of where Pento was before he joined Paris Del Mall. And uh, man, yeah, just took off from there i i want to point out that though that parasomo is still influential to this day like i oh, i cannot yeah i cannot find a luchador who does not have some of like i'm many of them when they see me wearing paros merchandise at shows will show me a tattoo like That's so but cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right it's like kiss for luchador <laughs> fans you know like yeah. old rock and roll guys all have a kiss t-shirt or a kiss tattoo or whatever but yeah. lucha guys we all have peros del mall yeah <laughs> and uh I, I, I correct me if i'm wrong in this because you follow this more closely than i do but i believe they're also a faction in japan right now that's using the honoring the the peros i, I believe there is i'm not mm -hmm. sure who it is but there is a peros del mall faction right now in japan so that was kind of what I just I wanted to point out just the massive amount of like coolness and they're kind of like the NWO. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I know <laughs> there's been so much talk about it this week, but like for American fans trying to visualize what Perros del Mal was about or, or what they look like, imagine the NWO. That's a very much the closest relation. Yeah, uh, keep going with your thoughts there, Miranda. I, I hit my No, no, no. I just, that, that's really like, I just had to chime in on that because we were on the same wavelength at the exact same time with that, which is very trippy. Uh, but it was just that. And that was really honestly what was going to be my point. Like being, making bad look good. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and really too, when you think about some of the more American names in this, you know, like a Teddy Hart, but more yeah. specifically Taya. You know, I feel like 
Taya was really the greatest success of Periscope. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like I would say that it was, you know, granted of all the members there, um, and, and you talked about, you know, Pentagon getting some more of an identity. I think the same thing happened with Taya from Battles and Marley. Oh, absolutely. She, it, it, oh, yeah, that's when she became La Guerra Loca. That yes. match where she had the blood all over. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was yes. her ascension. Yeah, you know, and even to this day, they have this still strong bond um, together in association. And, you know, that's to see, I think this faction did that in so many ways. It helped elevate people in the moment to bigger than who they were before in one capacity or another. And again, there's different success stories, but I think, you know, one of the biggest ones for me was really Taya. Um, And for a woman, a woman to get elevated from this faction and in general in Lucha Libre through is, is somewhat rare from what I understand, you know, like she really was, she soared above just not only being a woman's wrestler, but just being a top star period. Absolutely. And you saw a lot yeah. more, you know, just personality and, and, uh, you know, craziness you know in, in, in the very simple term of it um because it was a faction too that embraced chaos embraced madness embraced mm-hmm. all of the good things that we love about being bad yeah that's a uh, great way to phrase it yeah so i do want to bring it back because we, this is about Pero as well like so mm-hmm. he himself was a huge influence on wrestlers. Mm-hmm. He was, a, he created this faction and he really drove it for sure. So I was very curious to, I was excited Absolutely. that it lasted as long as it did, but without him to keep the momentum, it made sense that it changed, it more morphed into La Rebellion. But, uh, we, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention all of the stuff, the impact he had. He was mm-hmm. rock star levels of popular. Oh yeah, he was huge. Yeah, and I I mean, mean, he was the guy at one time, like so cool. And he had big boots to fill because his dad was one of the most popular wrestlers in Mexico in his time. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would argue that he was more popular than his dad at the height of his popularity. So I I would agree. uh, That's fair. Yeah. 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 Definitely fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, the the legacy that he leaves is more than just Peros del Mal. It's the impact and the space that he brought for people to be Lucha lucha Libre stars in the modern world. Like he was one of those ones that really bridged the gap between his father's generation and the generation we've got now. Like he made the the the, the Pentagon's. And the Taya's that that we're watching now, but he also was the guy that that created the space for them to fill in, um, which is yeah. a huge, huge contribution to the world of lucha. Well, and he's still—I mean, like the his impact and the Peros impact is still a huge deal. At Rea de Reyes, when Taya came out, they had her come out with Penta, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. to, to put them back together. And so it was, yeah. I mean, like everything. To a certain group of luchadors, nothing they do will be seen as not being those guys were in Peros del Mall. Yeah, yeah. she, yeah, Taya was engaged to Perito. The whole thing, you know, I mean, like it's, it's all part of his thing. And there would be no lucha as we know it right now without Pero. Like his value and importance cannot be understated. 
Well, thank you for this week in Lucha Libre history, Dusty. Don't forget you can check out this day in Lucha Libre uh, at LuchaCentral.com. But wait, you know what I'm going to say. There's more. Oh, boy. (laughs) Brendan, can you let us know what else our listeners can find on LuchaCentral.com? All right, let's do this one more time. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really, really time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. You can find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And here we go. This is always the the biggest selling point for me. It's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Thank you, Brendan. Brendan... While you're hanging around here, um, would (laughs) you mind going in and telling us uh, this week's CMLL news? Well, so they once again had a tournament. CMLL seems to be focused on uh, bringing, elevating, bringing back belts, maybe elevating some of the wrestlers to do it. So uh, they had, I want to make sure I get the name on this right. They had the... Uh, super lightweight title, I believe is what, what it is called. They had a tournament for that. Uh, that featured Halcone Seriano Jr., uh, Adrenaline, uh, Suicida, Inquisitor, Stigma, uh, the Jalisco version of Fantastico, Electrico, Asterano, and, uh, And I believe that's everybody. Um, anyway, uh, they, so you had a tournament featuring all of them. You had the, you had the, the, uh, traditional kind of CMLL tournament where they have the, the over the top battle royal, which announces the, the pair, creates the pairings. Everybody wrestled off. Uh, and you had, so a lot of these names are, are kind of new to people. So. Uh, I'm gonna just jump to the to the main event here, uh, the main part of it. You had Stigma beat Suicida Suicida for the for the finals to win to become the new champion. This was a previously vacated title. Uh, you had um, these; they're all very short matches, as, uh, as Cubs fan will point out. So it was actually easy for me to find highlights online, which were the vast majority of the matches and. These are really promising young guys, so you had some good matches. Definitely go check it out. They did have an actual big draw main event after the, the finals of that, which featured Star Jr., Titan, Volador Jr. against Jumilio Diablos 1 and 2 and Sagrado. The uh, Technicos, Star Jr., Titan, and Volador did take that, and, and a, it falls 1 and 3, so it was a traditional three-fall match. Uh Great stuff. The CMLL is really coming back alive with stuff that is uh, very interesting to watch. Now they just need to make it easier for us Americans to get because these pay-per-views are killing me. 
with no video on demand. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially the nights they air with no video on demand, it's hard to think they're right. making up a ton of money. Well, I mean, there's a crowd in in Mexico that will pay for it, but again, I don't think they're thinking at all about an international audience. I think they're just thinking about uh, Mexico, and it probably does okay in Mexico on those nights, but with video on demand, they could, they can actually do better. I just don't understand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was the, the, the quick and dirty CMLL. Once again, I'm always going to point out, do you want more CMLL? If you, if you know, you guys want it, let me know. There's plenty of CMLL action. They run, they're running three times a week minimum. So you can, I can get you lots more results if that's what you want. If you want less, let me know that too. Although I, I can't do much less than I'm doing right now. So, uh, have yourself, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's the, the show. No, not a problem. Thank you, Brennan. Uh, up next, we're going to hit this week in WWE with Dusty. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on in WWE this week, but we did have the Mysterios defeating the Hurt Business on Raw. Since Rey Mysterio is here in the match, we have Miz and Logan Paul on commentary to build up their WrestleMania match and to make sure they look like they had a fighting chance at WrestleMania. Ray and Dominic got the win over Shelton and Cedric this week after Dominic did the Eddie dance on the top rope and hit the frog splash for the win, following a really sweet double 619. This is the Dominic we've been asking for. He finally looks like he's comfortable in the ring. He's showing a ton of personality. The Eddie dance, like, such a cool thing to throw back to. He's kind of made it his own thing. I really like that. Very excited for a big win for them. I feel like it could go either way at WrestleMania at this point. Probably Logan Paul and Miz win, but who knows? There's a there's a chance the Mysterios could win, and that's the the kind of the magic of it all. And they are really doing a lot to make Dominic look strong, make him look cool, which is awesome. That's the Dominic we've been waiting for. And to kind of tie into that, now we have Miranda with NXT. Or maybe we just need to stall for a second longer. Yeah. Or is it me? <laughs> oh, no, there we go. Uh, Miranda was I, yelling sorry. at the dogs again, wasn't she? <laughs> I, was gonna, I was saying um, that I was so excited for this week's NXT because we have another finally in this week's Lucha Libre news. Something that I'm fairly certain we fantasy booked on the show. I know we've discussed this before. Yes. Uh, I just, oh... NXT 2.0, you came through. <laughs> so we're going to in a big way. And it's actually going to tie in a lot to what you were saying earlier, Dusty. Um, so first off, I mentioned it last week. We did get our first uh, North American Championship qualifying match with the winner uh, being added to the five-man ladder match at Stand and Deliver. We had Cameron Grimes versus Santos Escobar. I thought they had great chemistry in the ring. Like, this was a match that took me a little bit by surprise because we haven't seen them in the ring before, but really great chemistry. Grimes, you know, relied on his comedy, um, 
a, a little, but not too much. And they had such a great back and, and forth, even in some of the near falls. Like I just felt like it was a little bit of the NXT of old when it came to the quality of match. Um, but also maybe surprise or not surprise, the crowd was behind Santos Escobar. Like they were clearly in his corner and Santos showed some cockiness kind of mocking, uh, Cameron Grimes. Uh, but this match ended up being influenced, of course, by uh, a bit and by Legado de Fantasma, you know, creating the opportunities uh, with the uh, distractions that allowed for Santos Escobar to get some openings. Um, in the end, Cameron Grimes was going for his maneuver, the cave-in. However, Santos was able to uh, turn it around for the Phantom Driver for the win. So Santos Escobar will now be in that ladder match for the North American Championship. Very, very exciting. It really could have gone either way. I straight up thought Santos wasn't going to win, but he has. Everything's good in in the world. That leads to what we had in the other half of the night. This is the exciting part, you guys. In the back, we had Legado de Fantasma cutting a promo. Uh, Santos stating that he is the greatest luchador of all time. And then who walks in but the actual greatest luchador of all time, <laughs> Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio coming in. Uh, of course, Santos extends the hand uh, of, of welcome to Rey Mysterio. Uh, and, of course, you know, Legado de Fantasma putting Santos over as the greatest luchador of all time. And Ray saying, well, if anyone's going to be the greatest luchador of all time, it's actually going to be my son, Dominic. And that got Legado de Fantasma. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Look, I look. <laughs> look I the point is... <laughs> Right now, that that hey, Ray putting over Dominic. You know, if anyone's gonna be beating records, he said it was going to be Dominic. I'm just reporting I, the news. That's all. I know. Yeah. I know. I just I had an instant reaction to that news. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> so with that, that got Legato riled up. That got Dominic riled up, and then we get the challenge: Raúl Mendoza versus Dominic Mysterio later that night. Then we get to the match. So absolutely to Dusty's point, Dominic looked so comfortable in the ring, and he got one of the best responses all night in NXT yeah, 2.0. Yeah, they were so excited for Dominic, and he ate it up. I mean, he played to the crowd perfectly. Yeah. yeah, and so that definitely leads to a question of should Dominic be in NXT 2.0? Is that a better landing place for him now than Raw? I... Signs kind of point to yes, you know, with having a great crowd reaction, a better environment to get more comfortable, different people to wrestle against, having more singles matches there, like kind of signs point to should he be in NXT 2.0? I, you I know, think so yeah. yeah, like the crowd loved him. He it's, you know, uh, NXT is allegedly still kind of building stars for the main roster mm -hmm. and. That's one of the things Dominic did. Rey Mysterio had the stroke where Dominic sidestepped NXT and sidestepped all the traditional things that you're supposed to do. He's not a perform, at least in WWE. Mm -hmm. He's not a performance center trainee. He trained at Santino Brothers. I mean, he had real lucha training. 
But to work the WWE style, sometimes you need a little bit of that mm-hmm. WWE training. And to have some of those guys like Shawn Michaels in the back that could work with him and kind of show him what's up. I mean, you talk about charisma in the ring, Shawn Michaels. And yeah. he could kind of help Dominic harness that. He's yeah. got it. Like, you can see it. That, And I've mentioned it in the WWE. As soon as he started doing the Eddie dance, all of a sudden he found himself. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the key to his thing. And he just feels comfortable now. He not only is he luchador, he can go with anybody because of his size. Rey yes. Mysterio didn't look as legitimate against some of the big guys, but Dominic is big enough. He can go toe to toe with anybody. And so to put him in NXT and kind of give him that WWE training is only of benefit to Dominic at this point. And he had a very entertaining match with Raul Mendoza, not too long, but even not too short for TV. Um, of course you had this, this, distraction on the outside with Legado de Fantasma, but that was kind of evened out by the team of Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen, and Fallon Henley, which it looks like Fallon Henley and Electra Lopez are going to be going into a feud next. But that created enough of a distraction for Dominic to get the 619 and the frog splash. And again, the crowd ate it up. Um, I mean, if it wasn't on the road to WrestleMania, I'd be thinking, are we going to get a Legato versus Mysterio's feud? Um, you know, and, and as you pointed out, Dusty, this could be a way to build and elevate Dominic and, and Ray on the road to WrestleMania. But also, I mean, if we get the teaser for Ray versus Santos. Yes, I mean, that's that's the real payoff and all. Yes, like, yes. Like, no, can we please? No. <laughs> can we just? Can you please? I mean, it's come on. Me once, I'm not falling for it again. <laughs> oh man, I mean, this has been several other, you know. Raw and SmackDown stars have made the jump to NXT 2.0, which has been great. This is, I think, one of the better examples of it. And not to say the examples haven't been good, but, like, this really could be something. Yeah. Well, they, it, yeah, they it, wholeheartedly illustrated that it, the door goes both ways now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that uh, to the points you were both making, I think that just is better for Dom all the way around. He gets yeah. that time. To, to grow uh, under that brand, he's not necessarily having to worry about uh, the, the weird network expectations that Fox has on SmackDown. Like, he can, you know, he can do stuff. He can be a star, become a better star there. And he can still work with guys that are on that SmackDown roster and bring that back up to the main roster performance mm-hmm. with him. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we'll just see. Maybe, well... <laughs> You know, the reaction may help incline WWE to say, hey, you know, right? maybe yeah. Dominic should be spending some more time in NXT 2.0 to exactly that. Hone in a little bit more of what they are building for Raw and SmackDown. And not to say there'd be a long time, but... You know, I think that, uh, again, having more versatility, not necessarily relying on having to be in a tag match with his dad, coming up against up and coming talent that could, you know, match a little bit more of his youth. Like, I would say with the direction that NXT 2.0 was going in, maybe it's a better fit for Dominic right now. You know, I'm, I know they have obligations as they head into uh, WrestleMania, but maybe after WrestleMania, 
you know, Dominic could easily have a great feud. Maybe it is with Santos and that is his feud. Okay, that's, you know, let that roll, you know, or maybe it's someone else within NXT. And I think that would be um, just as entertaining and it could really help Dominic just develop a little bit more of that sports entertainment aspect as well mm-hmm. as his in-ring performance to the level that they're already training others in too, you know? Um, so I don't think it, it does anything to to put him in NXT. Um, but again, I mean, just that visual there yeah. had, uh, you know, with Legado de Fantasma and the Mysterios was the biggest what if of, you know, we've had in, in quite some time with WWE, um, and, and especially NXT. Like that is how, as you even talked about, Dusty, the door goes both ways. Maybe their version of what the forbidden door, quote unquote, could look like, you know, these types of just dream matches with, you know, Ray and uh, Santos, even on just an episode of NXT, you know, one of the bigger episodes of NXT could absolutely main event a show, you know, like I just. Ah! I'm gonna stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're a jerk. You're a jerk for putting that out there and now making me wish that and never getting it. You're a jerk. How dare you do that? <laughs> Such a jerk. It's Such it's the jerk. perfect setting though. Genuine. Exactly. It's so perfect. You know they're never gonna do it. <laughs> Got to subvert fan expectations there. Damn. It. <laughs> well, and the thing is too, in comparison to Raw, where there's a lot going on, they have their own main event on NXT 2.0. It's easy to treat Ray and Dominic as a very big deal, and when you treat them as a very big deal, people believe they're a very big deal, that and that's part of the excitement so as well for me this week. I mean, they just made them feel like a big deal for the first time in a long time, and. Made Dominic feel like a big deal. And before, he was a little green in the ring. Sometimes when he'd get the chance to showcase things, you wouldn't see what you wanted to see. But this week, we saw what we wanted to see. So I, like Miranda said, I hope this is something that develops. I hope we see more of this. And I, I hope we see a lot more between the Mysterios and Legato Del Fantasma. This has kind of been what we wanted all along. Yeah. Well, I mean, us on this show. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, this <laughs> well, that's matters. Dogs, this the, the is the audience that it should go for. <laughs> and I think that's also an interesting utilization of NXT. I mean, WWE is a variety that's show. You know, this and and we have much talked about representation of Latinos on WWE television. I mean, heck, when we had Legato versus Lucha House Party. That had, you know, yeah. a lot of potential. They had some great matches, but it felt very serious, too, you know? Um, and, and I think NXT really is that place where you can really get more of that crossover appeal. But, you know, Legado de Fantasma is still a, a big deal faction, really one of the, the, the best factions that they have in all of WWE still for now. That's that's our opinion. They don't seem to agree with us. Well, (laughs) this is why we have a show they don't, you know? (laughs) They wanted to have a show to complain about our show. Go go ahead, WWE, go ahead. Have a podcast that talks about why our opinions are wrong. But this is our show. (laughs) And we're going to say why our opinions are right and theirs is wrong. I'm just 
uh, it always because we we have great ideas on here. They just don't ever seem to agree with us. Well, I shouldn't say ever. There have been a couple times they, that uh, one of us has been spot on with what they do. But yes. <sighs> but either way, a really great week in NXT 2.0 for Legado de Fantasma. Uh, you can check out clips on YouTube as well on uh, WWE's YouTube page. Uh, Hulu as well for this, both the Santos Escobar and uh, Cameron Grimes match, as well as the Real Mendoza Dominic Mysterio match and promo. All great things. Check it out on this week's NXT. And with that, we have made it to the end of another episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Yay! Yay! Go ahead and check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Don't forget to check out Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. Of course, you can check out Lucha Central's YouTube page. That includes the archives of this show, as well as the Lucha Central weekly podcast in Espanol, as well as exclusive interviews and matches that you're not going to see anywhere else. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers 321, and T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Instagram, I am on Facebook, and I'm all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out, on Instagram and Facebook. And, well, while you're at it, if you're listening to this show on your favorite podcast streaming platform like Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and more, go ahead and subscribe rate and review go ahead and subscribe so that way you get a notification every time a new episode of the lucha central weekly podcast drops you can leave us a five star rating and you can also leave us a review let us know your thoughts on the show things that we should cover things we shouldn't cover things you agree with maybe things you don't agree with either way go ahead and let us know either through social media or through the reviews make sure you keep staying tuned to the lucha central weekly podcast as we head into the spring and summer you know we're gonna have lots more to share with you so Stay tuned each and every week. For Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much, and we will be with you all next week. Lucha, lucha, lucha.